are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. It's up to me to be the very best I can be. go-to platform for behind-the-scenes with industry professionals and talent in Christian entertainment and successful small businesses. Join us today as my guest will be former Vietnam veteran of the Army's 1st Infantry Division, Tim Price. I'm your host, Gabby G., because I was born with the gift of gab, a trait that each of my friends and family can all attest to. So whether you like to talk a lot like me or you're just a great listener, Please join me in my virtual Gabby G Cafe and be inspired along with me as I introduce to you each morning another fabulous guest to inspire and educate you. Each week, I will welcome our guests and invite you to join me in conversations on diverse topics that relate to our journeys in awakening and living in our life purpose. I'm blessed and humbled to be a part of this Christ-led team, and I do not take this opportunity to serve as your host for granted. Here at Up To Me Magazine, we love to encourage and empower each other to be the best that we can be. So this program is truly meant to be a platform of voices to be heard and expressed in a safe and non-judgmental environment. Our podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. Simply search for Up To Me Radio. Up to Me Radio is proud to announce that our new trademark and registered station name, WUMRDB, as members of the National Association of Digital Broadcasters. We encourage you to visit our website at www.up2meradio.com and go to my Up to Me magazine show page to subscribe for updates, free gifts, sponsor promotions, and more. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Up to Me Radio. Well, I can't even remember how old I was when I first became aware of World War II, but I know I was probably younger than 10 years old. I discovered a scrapbook in the back of a hall closet while I was looking for something. I didn't recognize a lot of the people in the photos. They were standing next to airplanes and had on uniforms. As I flipped through the pages, I saw a much younger version of my father, but he was hurt. His legs were sewn together and his back, too. What was this book? I asked my mother to explain, and she said, 
oh, that is your father's scrapbook from when he was in the Army during World War II. He was building a bridge, and a bomb from airplanes were dropped on them, she said. Later, I would ask my father about it, and he showed me a special medal he called a Purple Heart. It had George Washington's face on it. The president gave it to him for being brave and getting hurt. That was my introduction to World War II. So as I grew up and learned about more about the war in school, I always felt a sense of pride and appreciation for my father and all veterans, both, both past and present, and for our free nation. I came to learn, though, through my father's scrapbook, that freedom wasn't really free. Our veterans of every branch of our military and their families have paid that price for our freedom. So a month or so ago, I was blessed to be introduced to a very special former Vietnam veteran whose story of sacrifice, pain, and loss led him to a journey of healing for himself and many U.S. veterans and their families. It is for this reason I've asked him to be with us here this morning. Please help give me a very warm virtual salute and welcome to Tim Price, Vietnam veteran of the Army's 1st Infantry Division. Good morning, Tim. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me oh. on. Oh, thank you for taking the time to be with us here this morning and educating us. Well, first, before we get started, on behalf of myself and our listening audience and Up To Me Radio, I would like to extend a very special thank you for your service and dedication to our country. We're so grateful. So I just wanted uh, to make sure you that. knew. Um, well, thank you very much. We, you're very welcome. And um, I just wanted to begin by introducing you to our listeners, Tim. Um, my goal is for you to help us to understand and appreciate your particular experience in Vietnam, but also those of your fellow veterans from every branch of the military. So tell us um, how your military journey began and why you enlisted. Uh, well, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, and uh, we were pretty much, even in high school, uh, uh, pro-Vietnam a war, you know, fighting the war to save our country from communism. So I was um, going through some, you know, different things when I, when I was in high school, and I decided that I would enlist in the Army. Um, so I actually enlisted before graduation and uh, went on to boot camp in a uh, special school. Uh, I was uh, 17 years old mm. and uh, pretty much gung-ho, as people would say, about, uh, you know, doing my doing my part to serve our country. So that's always um that's always interesting to me. Um when you because I I hear that from other from others as well who have enlisted like they they can't wait to get in there. <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh my gosh." I, <laughs> and so for me, you know, I'm like I'd be afraid. I'm just being honest with you. I'd be afraid. I don't know if I'd be so gun ho. But it's a special um a special calling, I think, on that um, that I think the Lord gives those in our military. That there's so much built-in courage. I'm amazed by that. Well, uh, courage or uh, being a little naive about what was going on, maybe it would be uh, for you know for for the younger folks that were in there. Uh, I think that you know at first you're kind of naive and you you want to do your part, and then of course you. You grow up rather quickly when you actually get involved in what's going on as far as serving in the military and then uh, going off to war. 
And when you say it, I mean, you're right, because, you know, you were 17 years old. To me, you know, I have a 24-year-old, and to me, 17 is still like a baby to me in a mother's eyes, <laughs> you know? I mean, you're so right. young and, and impressionable, and you're just getting, you know, you go to the prom one day, and the next minute, you're fighting for our country in a war. And so it's just um, amazing to me um, that how, like you said, you grew up fast, and so I can understand why that would be your experience. And so I guess that was like kind of my next question was, when you first enlisted, was your experience different or exactly what you thought it would be? Well, I don't think uh, anything prepares you for like uh, boot camp or basic training. Um, it can be a real challenge. Um, I'd say I, I worked my way through there with, with help from – uh, my parents and friends that uh, supported me uh, because I wasn't really prepared for um, <laughs> the treatment <laughs> that you get because, I mean, the job is to, like, break you down and, uh, you know, reform you, re- reform you, re- you know, re- kind of recreate you into the person that they think is going to serve adequately, you know, and, you know, make sure that you stay alive whenever you, uh, you're exposed to combat or or danger. So um, I wasn't really prepared for that, but yeah, you know, I, I got through that, and actually I did pretty pretty well. I got out of boot camp, and I was promoted just out of boot camp from like E1, which is a private E1, and then, then to E2, private E2. So, and then I went on to school, a, a special school. So. I wanted I wanted to uh, go back and just revisit and just kind of break down because you said there were three parts to your role in Vietnam, and so mm-hmm. I wanted to know how how is your role how are the roles that um, that you um, had determined by the Army? Do you have a choice in what you want to do, or they just say you know they give you a number and they say you're in this group and this is what you're going to be doing, or do you get a choice? Well, I had a choice because I enlisted. So uh, I actually went to uh, military intelligence school right here in Baltimore. That's how I first came to Baltimore. Uh, uh, Fort Holabird, which was in Dundalk at that time, yeah. no longer no longer there. Uh, so I went to school there, and uh, I did I did well there, and I was uh, subsequently promoted to uh, actually E4 when I got out of the school. And, and that's a particular uh, ranking, E-4 is a ranking? Yes, E-4 would be comparable to like a, either a specialist four or a corporal. Oh, wow. Wow. So um, I did pretty well there. And uh, and then I, I was immediately sent to uh, Vietnam uh, after leaving the school and, and getting some additional training uh, for uh, for arriving in Vietnam. So probably I would say uh, I had just turned 18 when I arrived in Vietnam. That just is amazing to me. And then, yeah, yeah, because you know what, Um, you were in charge. You said that you were in um, intelligence. So that's like a particular genre, even within the military. So you're probably in charge of a lot of deep and important things and challenging things. So I remember that you told me that um, the first the first three months you had admin duties and guard duty and you read reports mm-hmm. and plot material and maps and stuff like that. But the second five uh, months 
uh, were different. Can you talk about the second five months? Well, I I think after I I was very concerned when I first got there, like a lot of people are, of you know how are you going to survive and you know right. what can you do to be safe and um, they didn't put me like right in my job. They gave me well the the job that you have is called your MOS military occupation service. So they didn't use me there. So they were giving me a, a variety of duties, which I was perfectly satisfied with because. Uh, I wasn't uh, out in the field. I wasn't doing anything, and uh, I think I, my my life met a little bit of a crisis there. And then I transitioned, like you said, to the second part of my service, which was uh, I had a little bit more freedom. So and I was a little bit crazier. So I was volunteering to do a bunch of different things, uh, including uh, you know aerial observation. Uh, psychological ops where you're flying around the country and um, wow. a lot of, and uh, you know troop insertions and tr- prisoner transfer and things like that you know which wasn't part of my job but I kind of like volunteered to do those things because I I really wasn't in, concerned about uh, you know injury or death or anything like that at, at that point in time. And why did that that um, surprises me? So why didn't is it that you, it wasn't that you didn't care, but you weren't particularly worried about it? Do you think the first the first half kind of prepared you for like this isn't too bad, and maybe you know, I can do this kind of thing? Uh, no, I think it was it was totally more of uh, like a uh, I would say like a personal crisis. That oh, okay. had to do with uh, just events in my life outside of the military. Oh, all right, uh, okay. Which is a long story in and of itself, but yeah, uh, no, that's it fine. Put me in a mind frame where I wasn't uh, that concerned about. Uh, gotcha. You know, life or death, in a sense. I see. Okay, well, um, I can appreciate that, and so it's just as amazing to me your. Um, like I said, like I just feel like there's built-in courage there, <laughs> because um, once you're there, and you've gone through all of your training and all of that, and um, I find that there's such a strong brotherhood between your comrades, you know, there, and they call it the band of brotherhood and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's talk about some of those that had an impact with you and for you while you were there. Well. Uh, I had a, I had a few really good friends, uh, but I'd say that uh, the one that stands out the most, uh, unfortunately, is Alan Persicki, who uh, who died uh, in Vietnam. He was a young guy, about a year older than I was at the time, and um, we had become uh, fairly good friends. He was uh, he was quite a he was he was a person who was real positive. And you know, I was in the in, in the negative zone, so he was kind of good to hang around with. And he played the guitar really well, <laughs> so oh, you know, awesome. it was it was a nice uh, it was a nice break. And uh, uh, you know, we just uh, we just hit it off, and he was a really good uh, support for me. And uh, I, it was his death uh, that really. Um, Kind of, kind of turned me turned me around a little bit, I guess I could say. Uh, that it became very, very real because we were we were very close, and when it happened, we were close together. So, mm. so what do you want us to know about him? 
um, for his service and what he did. What was his role? Well, he was a he was a medic. Uh, oh, he was um, a medic. Yes. Wow. And um, he was just uh, he was friendly. He was positive. Uh, he was supportive. Uh, he took care of people. Um, That's beautiful. And he was just he was he was a regular guy. I mean. He was one of those people where, you know, you never heard a word of criticism come out of him. You know, he was, you mm. know, and, and, uh, and the day he was killed, we had a short conversation because I was, uh, I was a little bummed out and I had an event on guard duty and, uh, I was, I was kind of whining to him a little bit and he said, well, you know, stop by when you, I was on my way to the shower. We had like 50 gallon drum showers and, uh, he said, uh, you know, stop by on the way back, and unfortunately, uh, we uh, became under attack at that particular time, and he was killed. Mm, I'm so sorry. Thank you. I'm so sorry, but you know what? His friendship seems to me that was a lasting one in your heart, and kind of inspired you. I feel like he inspired you throughout the rest of your life. Do you feel like that's true? Uh, I would say that um, his uh, his death was uh was dragging on in my life it wasn't always in the forefront uh it it became that way later on but i went through a period of time where uh i mostly denied my service uh wanted to forget about things and kind of buried them you know yeah. avoided thinking about them and uh you know, kind of i guess you could say psychologically speaking living in denial of any of the events and that happened during that time uh, thank you for being um open about that I, kn I know it's not hard i mean i know it's not easy um and it's hard um sometimes to talk about that and so i appreciate your openness and your courage to tell that um, my father had that experience and there were times um throughout my life that i would ask him little questions about it because on tv they were always having um, for World War II commemorations and specials on TV and things like that. And one time there was a 50th anniversary um, a special, and I called my father on the phone, and I said, Dad, I just want you to know that um, tomorrow night they're having a 50th anniversary of World War II um, special. It's like a two-hour special. And he said, Honey, I spent 50 years trying to forget that war. I don't mm -hmm. want to be reminded of it. And mm -hmm. I, he said, I sure. appreciate it because I knew because he knew where my heart was, but right. he had the same thing. And he never he would never really talk about it. I found a scrapbook and he would show me like he showed me his medal and that made me real proud of him. And I was like and I saw the scars on his back and his legs. And he said, that's you know, that's from that. And mm -hmm. so um, so but he didn't. He didn't ever bring it up. He didn't talk to about it with friends or family. His brother was also in the war. My Uncle Harry. But. It's the well, same. He didn't talk. He uh -huh. did not talk. He didn't talk about it. And so, um, until he was on his deathbed, and he began to relive it while we were there taking care of him. And that's how we learned exactly what he went through that he couldn't talk about. He, I think, his life was flashing before his eyes. But um, so, I, one thing that, and I, and I, again, I appreciate your openness about that, and um, because I want people to understand that. Um, and for all of us, you know, who just don't know or, you know, haven't had that experience, that there are all kinds of wounds besides mm -hmm. physical ones, too, that we can't see that our veterans face when they come home. Mm 
right. You know, we have the mm-hmm. mental, emotional, and even the spiritual wounds. And, you know, I'm sorry that that was your experience and that you went through that. Um, and I know that that was hard for you and your friends when you came back to transition into civilian life. So can you help us understand um, what what a veteran faces when he comes home and has to transition because you tend to think oh they're out and they're and they're like oh good i'm out that's done and they can go back to they get married and they have kids and that's that mm-hmm. but that really isn't the case is it well uh no, for me and i i think i'm just kind of like a a, a regular guy for so when i came back uh of course, uh, Vietnam veterans faced, uh, you know, no, like, really welcome home kind of things or parades oh or, gosh. hey, you know, anything like that. It was very negative. The, I came back in uh, December of 69. So uh, that was yeah. pretty much 67 through 69 where the height was the height of the war. And there was a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of negative things going on, and I think at that point in time, people couldn't separate the war from the people, the military. And so the military was not treated very well, you know. And I had a number of things said to me that were, you know, I, as I, you know, they were hurtful. They uh, made you think Sorry. that you, 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 you served and you, you know, it didn't do any good or you weren't appreciated and, um, even um, a member of my family was said some derogatory remarks and that were hurtful. But you know, it's it was kind of like uh, that uh, same way for most of the people that I talk to now that were coming back. They've experienced similar things, and um, I think uh, when I look back, there was no you know when I came back, there was no such thing as like mental health things or anything like that. Uh, I yeah, was, they didn't know about uh, PTSD. That wasn't a no. thing back then. And I, I suffered from nightmares in the very beginning when I got home, and I just, you know, rolled with it. I thought, you know, okay, so let's just keep on going. Uh, and like you said, most people uh, never heard of PTSD probably until the 90s. Uh, and the first time I ever heard of it was I was working with some children that had severe emotional problems, and I'm reading a file. I came across the term, you know, post-traumatic stress and reading what happened to those kids. And, uh, of course, I didn't relate it to myself. It was very easy to be objective, you know, sure. at, at that point in time. So, um, But I did get into, like you said, the routine of, you know, I had a family, I had, I had kids, and uh, I got busy. I was working two jobs and going to school and, all, you know, trying to just mm-hmm. you know, live the American dream, you know. Right. And uh, pushed everything else, uh, you know, behind me and down and, you know, didn't deal with it. And so you mentioned, well, so then you, I guess you mentioned you went under the radar for years um, mm-hmm. about that. And because of what was going on in the country. So how were you able to find the strength to finally get help? And how were you able to come back to a relationship with Christ through that? Well, uh, when I was in Vietnam, I became an atheist, and uh, I figured, you know, why would God allow this? You know, a lot of things that people go sure. through when they doubt God because of hard times. Um, and it wasn't when I went to college. I, I met some people who were uh, believers, and uh, I, I came to faith. 
and uh, that kind of turned my life around, of course, you know, and, um, but, you know, you know, it didn't cure everything. And I think, you know, a lot of people think, oh, uh, when I become a believer, everything's going to be fine. Well, you know, it just doesn't work that way. You know, you work your way through and God kind of helps you with the issues that you have through the people that are, you know, like in your church and, and in through the scripture and, you know, through prayer, you know. Uh, and it's you know it's not a it's not a, an easy road for God to transform you because <laughs> we're so <laughs> and, and that's for to all it. of us. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, yeah. that's for all of yeah. us, right? Sure, sure. And, we're all um, a work in progress. Yes, we are. We are. And so uh, I continued, uh, you know, just to deny a lot of things that because uh, the more the longer you deny the easier it is to bury it you know and there's you, know, you build up the as people say you build up wall after wall after wall uh in the in in the 2000 the late 2000s um like 2008 to 10 or something uh, uh a we had a family tragedy tragedy uh my daughter died oh, and sorry. that kind of triggered triggered me uh a little bit and like as sure. I went to therapy later on people would told me the psychiatrist or whatever told me that, well you, you when you you know older older people who have gone to war and have buried a long time usually they have a triggering event and uh, that was my triggering event and uh, so I well, I, that I was suffering through that mhm yeah i was just going to say and whether um you've had your military experience or not the death of a child is something that would trigger anybody you know? uh, absolutely absolutely and i had some i had some really good help uh a good friend of mine uh bob and Jeannie arnold had lost their yeah. daughter and uh you know so they they helped me navigate that uh over a period of years uh, just you know just through conversations and you know uh, you know things to do to help and you know just listening you know uh so out of that though i i the the p t s d started to uh, rear its angry head a little bit and uh about two thousand fourteen i i did go to the v a because i'd never really uh signed up in the v a because i was just denying my service altogether um, so I finally signed up, and then in 2015, a good friend of mine, uh, Rick Sullivan, invited me to go to a welcome home Vietnam veterans in uh, in Timonium, Maryland. And I didn't want to go because I just didn't want to, you know, deal with that stuff. But he he was a he was a Vietnam veteran, and he convinced me to go. Um, and I went, and uh, there they had a, uh, a a wall that was a uh, like a traveling wall, traveling Vietnam Memorial, you know. And as you know, the the, the the memorial is this big black V into the ground, and it looks, you know, looks kind of ominous. And they had one that replicated that. And I found Alan's name on there. And, oh, wow. Uh, you know, that, you know, that, and, and that started mm-hmm. kind of like the ball rolling as far as, I think, uh, my my healing as far as uh my experiences in vietnam we're going to hold that hold that thought and then we're going to take a short station break um and we're going to talk more about that when we come back we'll just be one moment and we'll be back okay thanks 
In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music and we talked. Honest conversations, like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted in my own life. And I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. In whatever you do, talk, they hear you. And we're back with Vietnam veteran Tim Price. Um, Tim, go ahead. I want to, uh, you to continue your, um, your conversation um, and your thoughts about um, finding your friend's name on the wall and how that began your healing. Well, um, I, I, you know, I, I get, did it like a rubbing. They had a rubbing there where you could get an uh, imprint of the name, which you can do on the, you know, the, uh, the wall in D.C. also. Mm-hmm. So I got a rubbing of Alan's name, and uh, I went back to uh, to talk to a, a person that I had met going through this this whole thing at uh, in Timonium, where they had a variety of of uh, activities, and they had helicopters and all that stuff, which brought back memories. And uh, mm-hmm. I met a, a guy uh, that was involved with the Vietnam veterans of 641 in Montgomery County. And he started talking to me. And um, my friend Rick uh, had to leave and uh, and go home. And so I ended up staying, which was not my original intent. And uh, I met a guy by the name of Bill Gray. And Bill... Uh, he we talked and we just we just made a connection and he uh invited me down to wash the Vietnam memorial mm-hmm. and i was like well i don't know if i can do that but you know and he he just encouraged me uh so i he gave me his card and all that kind of stuff and i uh i took it and i went back and um i told my friend rick about it i said maybe we should do this you know and he said, yeah, I'm in. And then I talked to another friend of mine, Steve, who was also a Vietnam veteran and been a friend of mine for some time, which, you know, amazingly, we had been friends for 20 years and never even spoke to each other about the war. Wow, That's wow. Just an idea like what we do. We just, you know, we don't talk about it. Uh, so Steve said, yes, uh, you know, I'd like to go too. So the three of us uh, drove down. This is probably 2016 uh april or so and uh we we met up with bill we said we were we let him know we were coming and the 641 is called the wall washing crew they were the original people who decided to take care of the memorial because it wasn't being taken care of you know it was built and all that and you know it was little uh people were like loud for a while but then sort of died down and you know, people were leaving all kinds of stuff there, but nobody was picking them up, and the wall wasn't being taken care of. And so this group, 641, decided that they were going to do it. And so they would go, like, every Saturday and wash the wall for years. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, so by the time I met them, they were doing two Saturdays a month. Some other people had decided they should participate. Um, so Steve and Rick and I were we would go down the first Saturday of every month and wash the wall with them and meet other people. Uh, and that was like, uh, that was just like, just being there is, you know, it's, it's, it's a healing experience to, to stand there with, you know, you know, there's over 58,000 people on that wall and it's, 
you know. That's your support group right there. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, you're washing the wall and taking care of it, and you see all the things that people leave there. Um, And so through that experience, I thought, well, you know, there are people that never get here. Right. You know, what what can you do for the people that never get here? Or can't get here. They might live in another country. I mean, state. State or whatever, and some people do come from out of state. You know, they they contact people and they, but they're not like from really, really far away. So I thought, you know, um, I would like to somehow help those people because I'd like to give back to you know I'm being healed through this whole thing. What can I do? So I uh, I thought, well, the best place for me to start would be for the people in my hometown whose names are on the wall. And so I start looking up looking that up, which is not very difficult to do. And I found 17 uh, people from my from the area around Hazleton, Pennsylvania, that were on that wall. And so every time I would go down to the wall, I would honor one or two of them. I made a plaque. Uh, my friends helped me out. They, you know, they, they transported me. They encouraged me. And it got to there. Well, who are we going to honor today when we were going down? We'd talk about it in the car. And, oh, um funny. And then, uh, so at the end of the wall washing, there's a, a, a short, very short ceremony at the apex, where the two, where the V is, you know. And uh, they ask if anybody wants to say anything. So I gotten up enough nerve, and I made the plaque, and I started, and I started off mm-hmm. with Alan. Oh, uh, that's amazing. So we honored Alan, and then we started honoring a person from the Hazelton area. And I found some incredible stories that were just heart-rendering stories about people. Um, and uh, n- not everybody, not everybody is like what are people called the hero that died, you know. Wow. But they all sacrificed their life for the, for a purpose. That's um, right. That's right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people lost limbs. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that. I mean, that's sacrifice. Yes. You know, yes. your mental and emotional experience and, and your wounds and the memories you can't forget, that's sacrifice. That's, you know, so that's, uh, I thank you for your, um, again, for your honesty. I'm just so appreciative and um, just can't thank you enough um, because I want people to understand, us civilians who don't understand or don't just don't know, the ex- you know, what the experience is mm-hmm. and, and and just to be able to appreciate um all that you've been through. And also, I just love how the Lord, um, you know, he might have dragged you there kicking and screaming through your friends, but, you know, but, but your faith got you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love how he, how the Lord puts people in our lives when, you know, he knew you needed this healing, but he also knew um your strength, and um, he knew that he could trust you um, with with going there and with and with the names of those on the wall who you would honor, and also with their families. So you're mm-hmm. not only just honoring and healing, you know, the, your your friends on the wall, but their families who also need that healing. Yes, and that's. Um that's why you know in uh, psalm thirty four eighteen in the in the message it says, "If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there 
if you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath, wow. which is not the King James, but <laughs> that's <okay. laughs> it's, a real, it's a real message. And uh, yeah. that's, how, that's how I felt. I felt that, uh, you know, I was broken in some way, and uh, God had been calling me for who knows how long. And I was finally had, like as Jesus said, do you have ears to hear? Well, I was finally hearing through a variety of different people. And I felt like, um, you know, Jesus also says, well, blessed are those who who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I was like, well, how, how are people comforted? They're usually comforted by either directly by God through the Holy Spirit or God uh, inspires other people to come into their life. And I felt like I experienced both of those, and I felt like you know God was calling me to let people know that uh, people still appreciated uh, their loved one's sacrifice, even though it was many years later. So I started trying to contact people who we were honoring. So, so that that was that was a blessing. So I really would like you to tell a story or two on in that vein. Because you have some really beautiful stories of people that well, have been blessed. Uh, well, one of the stories would be uh, I uh, came across a guy's name. His name is Ronnie Chapman. He was a Marine who uh, who died in his second tour uh, in Vietnam. And how I came across that was um, you know, in the wall of faces, people can post things. And I saw a posting uh, by his daughter and one by his wife that were just incredibly moving about um, how they felt about, you know, husband and father. And uh, uh, the one posting was, Ronnie has been gone for 40 years, and I still feel his presence every day. You know, and, you know, she went on in that. And I thought, wow, that's that was like in 2010. And then she posted another one later, uh, how she had... Um, had written a book for her daughter, and when her daughter went to school, she drew a picture of her father as an angel, and I was like... Oh, my goodness. So I thought, wow, you know, I want to let her know that I'm honoring her, Ronnie. And so it took me months of digging and trying to find phone numbers and all that, but I finally got in contact with her, and God bless her for even answering the phone, because these days you don't want to answer the phone when you don't recognize a phone number. But Right, that's true. So this was probably 2018, and uh, I had such a great conversation with her, and you know, she was so appreciative and that someone had, had thought of him and that she still thought of him all the time and that she had grandchildren named after him. And uh, it was oh, just, uh, and they honor him on Veterans Day, and his birthday. And, and then she told me a, a story, I'll make this quick, about a guy who contacted her on her birthday. And he had served with Ronnie uh, and oh, you're kidding. He and this That's was a gift. Yes, this was like years years later. He uh he he was a believer and he had had a dream that Ronnie wanted him to give his wife white roses. Oh. And he he didn't even know like where she lived, but it, he had this dream for a week and he finally said, "Okay, I'm I'll do it. I'll do it." And he had white roses delivered to her on her birthday, and that was her favorite flower from her husband. 
Oh, okay. I'm just like in tears now because. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, so I mean, that he, was that. Hmm. You know, when you do that, when you hear that, that that's like, gee, all I did was look up this guy and made a plaque for him, and, <laughs> no, and it's just a miracle. Don't feel like you that know. at all. It's a miracle. Yeah. That is a miracle. Yes, it is. But you were instrumental in that. The fact that um, you care enough to take your own personal time for months to find phone numbers, to show that level of care and love for someone you didn't even know, for someone's widow that you want to bless, that just speaks to who you are as a person. This is why I just had to have you on because you're so special, Tim. And I just so appreciate you because you're an overcomer with purpose. And you're an overcomer with purpose to bless others. And that's what our radio station, Up to Me Radio, really encompasses and is all about. And I just so appreciate you and and your honesty and your courage to tell your story. And I just wanted to um, just kind of enlighten us on the particular roles you have with um, – with the Vietnam Memorial Wall, because you do some other programs with them as well. Is that right? Well, um, you have opening, basically, basically what we're doing, we, we, you know, we do the ceremonies down there. But the other thing that is uh, that has become kind of like tied to the wall a little bit was that when I was uh, involved in doing the wall washing, um, a friend of my wife's, uh, my wife, her husband was a colonel. And he was involved at Gilcrest. And he contacted me and said, hey, I heard what you're doing down at the wall. Do you think you would like to be part of a committee um, that's uh, forming a welcome home for Vietnam vets? Uh, I'm not much of a committee person. <laughs> so You're not a joiner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm an avoider. You really? <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, so I I said, well, you know, um, I, I kind of knew him. I was involved with their family a little bit, and he had, uh, through his wife, I I had done a funeral for their uh, for their mom and married a nephew and things like that. So I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll come and see what it's like, you know. So so Bill Polkett was his name. He 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 invited me and he got me in there, and. Um, I started working with uh, doing one of these uh, welcome home Vietnam veterans for Gilcrest. And in the process of that, Gilcrest was formulating a program uh, called We Honor Veterans uh, along with that. And it was uh, like visiting veterans, like in nursing homes. On like started off on Veterans Day, and we'd go and we would pin people. And, and then it got to individuals who were in hospice. And uh, that that really uh, really changed my perspective on things uh, because we uh, we would go and we would uh, do a ceremony for uh, a veteran who was dying. So beautiful. And uh, so and then through that process, uh, you know, I can never do things alone. So I I, I started inviting my friends who were going down to the Wallace meeting. <laughs> To join that no, I too. Think that's, I think that's great though because it helps them to understand. Look at all these people who've been through what I've been through. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's strength yeah. in numbers with that. 
Yeah, and so and there's a lot of Vietnam veterans on this committee, and then there's a whole bunch of us that are that just go out and do the salutes we call them. Uh, so Rick uh, Rick Sullivan, who got me to go in 2015 to the welcome home, little did he know that I was going to rope him into you know <laughs> going to the wall and then joining Gilchrist. And so he's a he's a major cog at Gilchrist with the salutes now. Um, and then uh, there's uh, two other guys that uh, that joined us, and uh, they're they're volunteering at Gilchrist too. So and we all end up going together usually at doing doing a salute. And so the salutes are basically small ceremonies that we go to. We honor a veteran. Uh, it doesn't matter who we have. We I have to say we haven't had a World War One veteran, but we've had plenty of World War Two veterans. Uh, you know. People that are like 95, 96 years old, you know, that have uh, that are at the end of their life, and um, it's pretty amazing to to eat, to hear their story. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them are very cognizant and uh, lucid, and uh, you, you get to talk to them about their story. Uh, others are not, but their families are with them, and uh, uh, sometimes we're there like right at the very end and sometimes we're there where they you may, they may live a couple months even after we've we've been there uh so it's um it's really a blessing for all of us we all just yeah. you know people thank us but we're all like you don't understand <laughs> this is this is such a blessing to us to be able to come here and honor your loved one and it kind of makes you feel like your own experience was not in vain because you're using that you know your experience because you can understand you know you have mm-hmm. a connection with them and with each other because you understand what you what you all have been through and there's nothing more um, potent to me than that in healing when you know that um, someone else is, is experienced what you have mm-hmm. and I think that's a particular thing like I could go and be empathetic and appreciative but for another veteran to go to serve another veteran I think that's particularly healing to that person and 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 for each other, because you've had that experience, and only you can you know know what each other has been through. So it, I think it's super powerful, and then it's um, and then to the families as well, um, because they serve vicariously mm-hmm. through the sacrifices they have to make while theirs is away or or mm-hmm. um, absolutely you know, you know? so yeah. mm-hmm. it's just um, I did. I did because I was so um so um like blessed and honored um because my dad was a World War II veteran as, as well like I said and he died in 2018 uh, at 96 mm-hmm. and he really he really passed away thank you thank you you know what um uh, and we did the same like he like I know I uh, said this before but he had um Never talked about the war, but um, while he was in transition to heaven, he began to um, experience, um, like, I think his life was flashing before his eyes, and then he started to go through some of the things that he went through he wouldn't talk about, and it was revealing mm-hmm. to us. It was mm-hmm. very revealing to us. Well, and we yeah. were, and we, But we were able to hold his hand and just allow him to go through that and just say, we're here, we love you, thank you. And um, it really was um, a very holy and powerful time, mm-hmm. um, which I know yes. you know because yeah, you, know, you have a 
amazing stories, like amazing stories. And um, so I did, because of that, I did go through to Gilchrist. I'm like, let me check this, this place out. <laughs> so I went online. I did. I just had to. And I'm like, uh-huh. I was crying, Tim, going through and reading. I just encourage um, our listeners to go to Gilchrist, um, and it's G-I-L-C-H-R-I-S-T, which I love, Gilchrist, mm-hmm. Gilchrist. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> org. Um, and when you go to their website, you're going to see um, all the different veteran programs they have. Salute to Service Ceremonies, the Vet to Vet Task Force, Welcome Home Celebration, Veterans History Project with the Students, and Operation Gratitude. And um, I just want to uh, give a shout-out and mention that on March 20th in Baltimore, where Gilcrest is, um, they have it's their fourth annual Welcome Home Vietnam Veterans Day celebration, and you can attend um, live or in person, but you have to register, and or you can do as I did, and you just can go on and you can donate to GilcrestCares.org. Um, I encourage you know everyone just to go on that website, and you'll see our friend's name on there, um, um, Tim Price yourself you're on there i'm like there's tim there's tim i said <laughs> so like yeah. a little celebrity over there <laughs> well, there's a lot of celebrities on that team believe me uh, there are so uh yes and it, i would say that uh, I, I again i'd just like to say thanks for um you know you you doing that little uh little commercial for for gilchrist because they are a very um, a very good organization, and uh, they—they uh, really, really meeting people at a, a time in their life that you know they need someone, and they and 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 people need support, you know. And um, you mentioned about you know spouses being you know supportive to their husbands, and we recognize spouses every time we have a a, a salute. And sometimes we pin yeah. them. Sometimes we have a scarf oh, for them. Um, you know, so you know, we 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 recognize the fact that uh, most of us men, <laughs> we weren't we weren't we weren't we weren't alone. We we had people behind us all the time. So, right. and I hope you felt that too. And I just um, I just want to say that. I'm real sorry that you didn't get the tribute when you came home that you deserve to have. That breaks my heart. But um, what you're doing, though, now and what Gilcrest does, I hope um, they feel that alleviates that, and I hope they do finally feel like they're being honored through that program because that's oh, beautiful. I'm sure. I'm sure we all do, absolutely. Um, they do have, I saw that they have Operation Gratitude. Um, it's a little a calling out there, a little call to action. Um, they're in need of thank you cards from students because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There's a little bit of a shortage. So they're asking, if you go to their website, uh, Gilchrist, G-I-L-C-H-R-I-S-T, cares.org, you can go to their website, and under their Operation Gratitude, they're in need of cards from students to send to veterans for their salute to service um, mm-hmm. tributes that they have. Um, 
it can be store-bought cards, cards from the students, and or they can make them themselves. But it really mm-hmm. is a blessing. Um, so I'm just encouraging anyone listening out there to, if they're a teacher or um, maybe Sunday school organization or um, even kids in your neighborhood, just trying to round up some kids and, and write thank you notes because it really is, um, I think, a blessing to them when they receive yes. it. Yes, and, you know, we have guys that actually go into some classrooms, which they haven't been able to do, To That's why there's a shortage of the cards, you know. Uh, the kids actually, you know, a teacher will, or one of our guys will do a little presentation about what a veteran is, and then the kids make the cards and you know, write little, and put little stickers on them. And we give them oh to the veterans, gosh. you know, and their families. And they love those cards, you know, from the kids. Some of them you can hardly read, but they love those Aww. cards, you know. It's so, so precious, yeah. though, isn't it precious? Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> it's precious. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Well, Tim, uh, do you have any last thoughts or words for our listeners this morning that you'd like to relay um, as to what you would like us to understand about our veterans and how we can make a difference for them as you do? Well, I think uh, just listening, listening to people or giving them the opportunity to, uh, to speak or to just let them know that you appreciate their service. Uh, a lot of us, you know, when people say thank you for your service, it's kind of like a little humbling thing, you know, and <laughs> sometimes you feel a little uncomfortable, but, you know, it's it's very down deep. It's like, well, you know, we're very grateful that people do recognize that. Um, help with, the, you know, like on Memorial Day or Veterans Day or you know, any day that you can recognize a veteran, you know, uh, put your flag out there if you have a flag. Uh, right now we have a flag out front of our house uh, honoring and sort of bringing notice to the people that have been left behind in Afghanistan. Oh, you know, wow. so we have a lot of veterans coming yeah. home from Afghanistan that kind of feel right. the same way that Vietnam veterans do. Oh, know, my like goodness. We spent 10 years there, and, you know, what did we get, you know? And then we left people behind that helped us. So it's kind of, you know, anything that you can do uh, for people like that to help them uh, and recognize them, it, it does mean it does mean something to them, for sure. And... Again, I just want to say thank you for your courage and and your willingness to come on and and share your very personal experience with us and helping us to educate us about a soldier's journey. And I especially want to thank you again um, for your service and to all of our veterans, past and present, because every day in America should be Veterans Day and an opportunity to be grateful and to lend our support. Mm -hmm. Would you mind, Tim, if I said a a quick prayer over you before we close out? No, please do. Heavenly Father, when when I think about our military veterans, um, both past and present, I think of your words in John chapter 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Lord, thank you for... Thank you for Tim and all of our military veterans from the foundation of this country through present day, that they have loved their country and their country men and sacrificed their lives, that we should live abundantly and freely in our own. Father, I ask um, for continued healing and support for Tim and his military families through his outreaches at Gilcrest Hospice and the Vietnam Memorial National Wall Washing Crew. I pray that they feel your peace every day in their lives and the support and gratefulness of every citizen of our nation. Lord, thank you also for Tim's courage and his faith 
And I ask for continued blessing upon he and his family. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Can I just say Thank one you. more thing? Um, you may. Uh, I would encourage, if veterans are listening or their families are listening, uh, don't don't deny your issue. Go and get help. Uh, the VA, as much as it has been uh, decried as not being as helpful as they could be, uh, they can be very helpful. And uh, I'd say for me personally, they have been helpful as far as helping me deal with my PTSD and the ongoing thing I have with that. And they are willing to give you all kinds of services. So don't uh, don't give up, and you know they're there to help you. And there's some fine people there. Thank you for that. And I encourage them as well to um, to reach out, and you can reach out to Tim as well. Um, Absolutely. For more information, and um, can we give out your um, email, Tim? Yes, please do. And if anyone, like from whatever part of the country they're living in, if they have a loved one on the wall and they can't get there, send me their name, and I will be glad to. We'll be going down there in the next couple months when it gets warmer, and I'll be glad to uh, create a plaque and, and honor them at the wall. Thank you. And it's Tim Balto, Tim, B-A-L-T-O-1, at Hotmail.com. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, if you've been inspired by Tim Price, as I have, and desire to show your support to Tim and our nation's veterans, there are many ways to show your gratitude through these key websites. Check out the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. This year marks the 40th anniversary of the promise to never forget those who have served and sacrificed in the Vietnam War. If you would like to join them in the many celebrations of events, you can visit their website at www.vvmf, as in Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, org. Make sure you explore through the menu to find the wall of faces and the wall that heals for a very powerful and spiritual experience in putting a face to all of their names. You may also visit the Virtual Wall website at www.virtualwall.org or the Honor States website at www.honorstates.org. If you're searching for a veteran in your life to honor, Visit the world's largest gravesite collection of over 210 million memorials created since 1995 by visiting findagrave.com. To help support our transitioning veterans at Gilcrest Hospital or Hospice, or if you know of a struggling veteran in your life you can benefit, uh, who can benefit from their counseling and support program, you can visit their website at www.gilcrestcares.org. On social media, you can follow Tim on Facebook at Tim Price Facebook page to view updates on the Vietnam Memorial Washington Wall Group crew or to contact Tim to send your words of encouragement and support. On Instagram, you can follow Tim at timothy.price528, or you can also contact Tim by emailing him at timbalto1 at hotmail.com. The Up to Me Magazine show will be back next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. with another fabulous guest to inspire and educate you. So mark your calendars and meet me here at the Gabby G Cafe. And on behalf of Mel D and myself and the entire cast of Up to Me Radio, this is Gabby G saying take five this week and be inspired to ask yourself about your own Up to Me journey. Then come back and share it with us because you know what? It's your life, your journey. It's up to you.
Take us out, Mel D., as we listen to our fabulous theme song, Wake Up, by Blessed Love Gospel Reggae Band. It's up to me to be the very best I can be.
Cause you're worth it Your life is full of pain 